The life of Brian, dot, 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 Mannix, that is. And here he is, dot, dot, dot himself. Dot, hello. dot, dot, hello, Kev. <laughs> dot, 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 dotting all over the joint. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I reckon that's going to be the story of uh, 2020. It'll be dot, 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 because no yeah. one will want to actually use any words to describe it. They'll just go, yeah, just put three dots down. That'll just do. Just put an asterisk next <laughs> to 2020. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I yeah, see so- how... Police commissioner wants us to dob in people breaching the rules, oh, and yeah. it's pretty ironic, wasn't it? Because he was at the inquiry last week, supposed to be dobbing in the people that stuffed up the hotel quarantine, <laughs> thing, and he didn't do it. So you know, he's a bit of a hypochondriac. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like I like the fact that uh, everybody has uh, taken the Sergeant Schultz uh, uh, sort of oath. Anyone who's appearing anywhere at the moment has taken the Sergeant Schultz. I know nothing. Yes, uh, yes. Everyone's forgotten and everything. I mean, I know we want to forget 2020 and we, we certainly put it, you know, uh, down in the, uh, in, the, in the bottom of the shelf at the end of the year, but it, <laughs> there are things you should remember. But anyway. Well, uh, yeah, anyway. I've got something you. you should remember. What's that? one three hundred triple five five seven six. Very important phone number, that. one three hundred. Triple five. Triple five. Five seven six. Five seven six. That is not the combination to the safe in the back of your house with all that stuff in it. No. It is, in fact, because <laughs> everyone knows that's one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> that's right, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, I'd forget. One, one, three, so hang on. One, three hundred, triple five. <laughs> five seven six. Five seven six. All right, let's not that's confuse ourselves. Mercots. That is Mercots Driving Excellence. They'll look after you. They've got a very special offer coming up. Uh, during the Christmas period. So just oh. just hang out for that um, and watch their website, which is mercots.edu.au. Have all the details there. But they'll look after your defensive driving courses, uh, refresher courses for your driving, uh, all online, all COVID-19 safe, all those things. Uh, but uh, give them a call. Have a chat. one three hundred triple five five seven six. It's a blockbuster edition of The Life of Brian dot, dot, dot. As you know, Brian. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yes, it is. We've got, um, <laughs> we've got Squeak on the show today. Yes. Uh, better known as John Paul Young. What a wonderful man he is. And yep. he's one of the few blokes that I think's had a hit single in about four decades. In, he had one, he had plenty in the 70s. Yep. I think he might have had one in the 60s. He had one in the 80s. And then in the 90s, I think Love is in the Air became a hit again. No, oh, isn't Love is in the Air a hit every year? Um, well, yes, it form? is. It's a bit like up there, Gazali, yeah, at the grand yeah. final. It is. <laughs> but also on the program, not only some new music from a very exciting uh, female that uh, that we've uh, found out about, yes. but also another female who, who's very uh, near and dear to your heart because you've done a lot of work with this lady. Yes, she's uh, she's the star of Kenny, the movie. She's also uh, a Shantuzi. She's also... Um, well, there's a lot more to her than oh, that. She's a dancer. Is. She's a, a TV wrangler. She's um, she's everything. Well, she's speaking fantastic. of that, and Eve von Bibber is who we're talking about, and she's yes. coming up later on in the program. But just as a, a little teaser, here's, here's Eve talking about someone uh, that, that we were most intrigued by, Brian. Y- yes, I know. This is great. Oh, my God. Elvis Presley's girlfriend. Let's what? have a party. You know that woman who's saying, let's have a party? Um... Uh, oh, 
stroke brain. I can't remember her name. Isn't that terrible? The original um, one was Wanda Jackson, but that wouldn't have been her. Yeah, name. Wanda Jackson. Oh, was yeah, it? it was. It was oh. Wanda Jackson. There and that's go. right. Her husband was Wendell. So it was Wanda and Wendell. <laughs> and he just adored the ground she walked on. And he stood side of stage just um, at, at the performance, just going, and she just something. And he was just, that was so sweet. That was just so gorgeous. And she kissed me on the cheek for looking after her. And I thought, oh, one degree separation. She's kissed Elvis's lips. And now she's kissed my cheek. <laughs> there you go. One degree from Elvis. Right, so more of uh, Eve coming up a little later on where she talks about uh, the Shantuzzi. She talks about you a lot, uh, Mr Mannix. No, it's uh, all about Eve. And talks is... about Kenny as well. So all that is uh, coming up a little later on. But now, oh, very happy to there say uh, we're just about to uh, to uh, unleash the man who, as we mentioned, has had hit records uh, for decade after decade after decade. It is, of course, the one and only John Paul Young. Hello. John Paul Young, it's Kevin Hillier, and when I push this button here, it'll be Brian Mannix as well, hopefully. Oh, no, don't push it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, John. How are you going, Brian? Good, mate, really good. Thanks for doing this. Oh, not a problem, not a problem. Hey, what's happening to you? Have you taken a polite pill? No, it's just a bit early in the day. Oh, okay, all right, okay. <laughs> I'll get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> good idea. Uh, Lovely to have you on, Life of Brian, uh, uh, John. Um, uh, uh, so you two obviously have uh, have great and long and uh, an extreme history together. We haven't we haven't done a hell of a lot together, but uh, when we've been together, we've managed to have a good time. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we sang at the grand final together. We did the countdown spectacular together, and we did. And a few other things along the way, I suppose. But, yeah. Um, well, yeah. where I last saw you, Brian, was. Uh, on my little home hometown of Toronto, New Year's Eve. There you go. And uh, and I'm, I'm just down the road from it. I'm, I'm quite close to it at the moment. I've just been out for a float on the boat. And we just got back and uh, my mates are hating me because I have to do this and they have to clean the boat. Catch any fish? No, we didn't even bother. Oh. It's blowing a gale. It was, uh, it was 28 degrees here today. Is there any lockdown for you where you are or you can just do whatever you like? No, basically we can do what we like. Um, we've got the distancing requirements, um, public transport. They're encouraged to wear a mask. Uh, you know, yeah, you just got to you just got to look after yourself. And I don't know about you, Brian, but uh, I've uh, discovered with all this COVID nonsense that um, I actually married Florence Nightingale, <laughs> and uh, and she's on me. <laughs> Every second of the day about my cleanliness and where I'm doing and what I'm doing and washing my hands da, 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 and it goes on and on and on. I never thought I'd have more alcohol on my hands than in my mouth, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it was probably yeah. just start about at the start. Yeah, good idea. You came here at eleven. You're eleven. You left Scotland and came here at eleven. Now, yeah. your dad obviously said, "Stuff this. We're going to Australia." But how yeah. did you feel about that? Did you think, I don't want to go to Australia, I want to stay here with my friends? Or were you excited to go uh, to Australia? There was a bit of that. There was a bit of that. I mean, I, I, I do remember after we'd been here for about oh, three or four months uh, at the migrant hostel, we had a, a guy who used to come around on a Friday or a Saturday night with, um, with a little PA system. And uh, he used to go to the basketball court and, uh, and play, play songs. 
and, and we used to go there and just hang around. And I do remember my heart breaking when he played Carol King. I can't, uh, sorry, wrong one. I was going to say, can't wait for September. That's a Vander of Young song. Um, uh, the, um, it might as well rain until September. Oh, yeah. And uh, which is about, you know, somebody being a- apart from their love. And me, you know, dreadfully missing my girlfriend back in Glasgow, uh, and even though I don't remember her name. <laughs> so that's, almost, that's almost exactly what Colin Hay said about really? the same thing. Yeah, he, he <laughs> came here and he missed his girlfriend back in Scotland. Yeah. So there you go. Well, the, yeah. thing, the, the funny thing is, uh, you know, when you're back in, when you're back in, in, in Scotland, um, you grew up really quickly. As a 10-year-old or 10 and a half, I... I used to go to the dance every Saturday afternoon. And I had a girlfriend. I had a three-piece suit. I had pointy-toe shoes. Wow. Now, this is me, you know, at 10. And when I came to Australia, all of a sudden I'm sitting by the banks of a creek in a pair of shorts, <laughs> wondering what on earth just happened. <laughs> but I loved it. I just loved it. I, uh, you know, I, all of a sudden I had my childhood back. Um, I was reading that your first band, He'd started yeah. becoming, uh, done an apprenticeship as a sheet metal worker. Yeah. And you, you paid off your car. And then these, all these guys say, we're going to form a band. But you think, yeah. no, I don't want to be buying any equipment. That Forget that. And they That's right. And they think you be the singer and you won't have to buy any equipment. Yes. How wrong they were. <laughs> I, I still remember going to uh, ES and Sander, the finance company, because I bought a 60-watt M&R. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, and that was that was the PA that I that I finished up having to buy yeah, to get me through the early days. These days, of course, you know, you just hire a lot. So you're singing in the band, and the, the band's called Elm Tree. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I was the naysayer. I was the I was the one who wasn't interested, but because oh. uh, because I was the kid who was singing all the time, they uh, they deemed that I I would be the singer. Yeah, did you had much singing practice before that, or? Only my life in Scotland and, and basically in Britain. Everybody sings, you know, and, and we were, you know, I'm, I'm a kid. I was born five years after the war finished. Nobody had anything really. So there was no instruments. So everybody just uh, amused themselves by singing. Everybody in my family sang, you know, right. and, and that was that was just the way it was. Now, if somebody comes along and uh, wants to give you a record deal, you do a record with uh, Elm Tree, yeah? We actually did a, a a cover of the Marmalade song, Rainbow, Yeah, uh, as uh, as Elm Tree. And, and of course, you didn't get anywhere. That was that was when the record band was on. All the Aussie acts were, were grabbing these songs that the Australian radio wouldn't play and doing a cover version. And, and that was our, that was what we did. Um, yeah, it went nowhere. It all changed for the for the better one, one night at the Liverpool Masonic Hall when uh, a bloke walked up to me and asked me if I wanted to make a record. Wow. And, uh, and I couldn't wait to get away from the band because they had discovered that they fell in love with their music, you know, and they fell in love with, with complicated music. Oh. And, and I used to watch the kids walk away from the dance floor horrified, you know, because uh, the kids couldn't, couldn't connect to it, you know, they just couldn't connect to it at all. And I knew that and I thought, ah, this is, a, this is a losing game. I'm not winning this game. So the opportunity to leave came along and I, I took it. Now, this is to, to do the Jesus Christ Revolution? This was before that, only just before it. This was uh, for Pasadena. And, oh, okay. uh, you know, there, there wasn't, I think there was only one decent studio in Sydney at the time. You know, I think it was a festival. And uh, 
said, oh, but you've got this guy, Simon Napier-Bell, who, who managed the Yardbirds. You know, he was a, he was a big wheel. They, they had this problem with the song Pasadena. They couldn't replicate the vibe that the demo had. Uh, and the demo was done in George and Harry's flat in London, you know. Simon uh, discovered that the vibe was there. Why get rid of it? And so he said, we'll just find another singer and put him over the top. Right. We'll squash, we'll squash down George's voice and we'll put another vo- a voice on it. And that dude had to be me. So next thing, I'm on an aeroplane for the first time in my life, flying down to Melbourne uh, to Armstrong's in South Melbourne. Yeah. And uh, Simon was no, uh, no, sh- no shrinking violet when it came to making a record. He, uh, he got the, the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra in to do the, do the strings. Wow. <laughs> he, he, got, he got a bunch of uh, singers in there to do the backing vocals, the choir stuff. They squashed my vo- uh, George's voice down. They put me on top. And right at the end of the song, uh, I ran out of breath. And I don't actually sing the last chorus. Oh, really? George is there on his own singing it. <laughs> wow. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, that's the way they used to do things back in those days. You know, he, he, even, he even got one of George and Harry's songs and, and took to it with a razor blade and turned it into another song. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Wow. So <laughs> well, after that, then you can do the Jesus Christ Revolution. The Jesus Christ Revolution, yeah, that, that came uh, the opportunity to audition for that. Um, and that was when I made the big decision to leave the apprenticeship uh, back in the, the final throes of, uh, of my final year. I love to tell people that what happened was I was walking towards the personnel office to tell them I was leaving just as I met the personnel office halfway because he was coming to tell me that I was leaving. <laughs> so, we, <laughs> it was a bit of a dead heat there. <laughs> so I, so I left the factory in a blaze of glory. Uh, you know, off to off to join the, the bright lights of showbiz. Um, but the show lasted about a month, and right. then nothing. And then oh. I was back. And then, yeah, so I was back at Fairfield. Dad looking at me. He didn't say to it, say anything to me. God love him. He just let me stew on it, and uh, it, oh, two weeks went by, and I was really in a mess. I didn't know what to do because uh, yeah. I'd left I'd left the factory, and there was no way I was going to go back because that that would have just spelled failure. I wasn't a good enough sheet metal worker to even go and try and get another job. I used to tell people I was a shit metal worker, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then a bloke turned up on a motorbike with uh, a telegram. And it was from Jim Sharman. Well, luckily for me, he'd seen me in the Jesus Christ Revolution at the Comedy Theatre. Yeah. Uh, he'd seen me there and he liked the, the voice. They were looking for a particular voice for a particular part, which was the part of Annas, A-N-N-A-S. I know what you're thinking, Brian. She's your one step ahead of him, youngie. Oh, absolutely. I know him. So do I, exactly. And uh, and so that that began two and a half years of absolute bliss. It was wonderful, you know. I I think I worked about a total of twenty minutes a night. The rest right. of the time I was I, the rest of the time I was under the stage playing uh, cards with the with the backstage boys. We did a national tour of Superstar in a concert form before we uh, opened in uh, in Sydney. We had so much talent, you know, that, that was our and Mad Dogs and Englishmen were huge then. And yeah. we basically had our own version of it. 
Yeah. Because we had all the voices, we had all the instrumentation. Trevor White, you know, is an excellent drummer. So you know, we we turn up to a nightclub in Adelaide or something like that after the gig and just take over. Fifteen of us on stage, you know, it was it was a, just a wonderful thing. It's a great show too. Uh, oh, it was great. Yeah, yeah, it was really great. Show. And John English, I've got to say, John English and Trevor White, especially John. Uh, I've seen many many versions of Superstar over the years, and you can't beat John. It just yeah. can't be. He, he just did it. He was so good. Yeah, he was terrific. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I, saw, I saw it when it came to Melbourne. Um, I was just a kid. I was in, um, I don't know, probably about grade six or something like that. But it was at a great Palais, At the Palais At the Palais Theatre. Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty... It was an interesting production too because it had that weird octagonal sort of shape thing that was... It was got spark, but it worked. It was a dodecahedron. I was going to say that. A 12-sided figure. Yeah. Oh, 12-sided figure as in the 12 yeah. pluses, of course. It all makes sense. <laughs> there you go. I never realised the significance of the noble opinions of Kanga thing. <laughs> no, it, it really was a marvellous time, you know, and uh, when I was earning big money and it was just a, just a ball. And that's where I met my wife. Ah. Was she in the yeah. show too or was she just coming? No, she, she worked in the bar upstairs. Okay. Um, well, you would have been there yeah. quite yeah, frequently, yeah, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the story, but you're going to have to bleep the odd word out. Mm. Um, what happened was the edict came down from Harry and Miller that the actors were not allowed to drink in the upstairs bar. Because because that's where he used to hang around with his cronies every now and again or whatever you know that was where the upper echelon used to drink. So he didn't want these cattle, you know, the actors drinking upstairs. So that was it. We've been allowed up there. I never, I never took any notice of that. And I bounded up the stairs one night, and there was a new barmaid. And I looked at her and I said, uh, "Give me a couple of beers, will you, love?" And she looked at me and she said, "Fuck off." Oh, <laughs> the first word she ever spoke to me. <laughs> and, uh, and and so off I went, tail between the legs. But I knew everybody in the in the in the theatre, and I knew the bar manager quite well. And so we got it all smoothed over, and I was allowed back up there. <laughs> and it took it took three months of incredibly hard work <laughs> to convince Lynette. <laughs> Now, despite that very, uh, you know, kind of rocky beginning, they're still together, uh, Lynette and uh, and John Paul Young, and we'll hear more about Youngie a little later on, uh, including his 100th, uh, the 100th Countdown show and his first appearance on Countdown. A couple of great stories coming up there, Brian. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, there is. He's a good and, fella. Uh, he's a great fella, and he's only about my height too, which is terrific. I love that. Yes, I'm feeling I'm feeling like Land of the Giants over here, but never mind. Yeah, look, I like hanging around with Angry Anderson, John Paul Young and Leo Sayer because they're all <laughs> about my height or shorter, so it's fantastic. All right, uh, it's uh, time for that wonderful and uh, most popular part of the program, which is called What Are They Trying to Prove, Brian? Well, I'll tell you what, I was watching... You know, you can't watch anything these days without a sports bet ad or, you know, a Ladbrokes ad or something coming on. Correct. And I'm particularly peeved about the new one because um, there's these about five blokes and they're on top of a cliff and they're surrounded by wonderful nature and they're all there and then they no sooner get there and you think they're going to have a selfie, but no, they're actually watching a horse race. And 
I think it makes the guys look like total tools, total dills. And I'm getting a bit sick of sports bet because like, I did used to work for them, so I am a bit biased. But for 13 years now, they have just been yelling at us. You know, they got Lee Perry that does the voiceovers. He sounds like Mick Malloy. And he's always this crap on stuff like, OK, it's Melbourne Cup today. And if Buddy Franklin wins a gold logie and Don Fraser makes a comeback to the pool, we'll give you your money back. Well, I'll tell you what. Keep my money. Just shut up for a while. Sports bet. What are you trying to prove? Written, spoken and authorised by Brian Maddox, who's auditioning for the Sportsbed voiceover job, clearly. It's a <laughs> yeah. And oh, Brian's goodness. number is uh, 1-300-555-7... No, that's Murcott's number, 1-300-555-576. That's murcott.edu.au. If Donald Trump wins a gold medal, we'll give you your money back. <laughs> oh. All right, let's get back to uh, our special guest. It's John Paul Young, and uh, let's go back to where the, the story kind of picks up uh, here around about that mid part of the 70s. Towards the end of 1974, George and Harry returned from England. Um, Ted Albert uh, decided that he wanted to, because, like I said before, there really wasn't a big studio in, in Sydney, so he wanted to create his own, and he wanted to give George and Harry the, the biggest playpen they'd ever seen, and uh, and that's what happened. They they got in touch with me, and uh, we went in and we recorded a few things. One of them was called Bad Trip which uh, was banned because of the drug connotation. Uh, it, was actually, it was about suicide, though, wasn't it? It was about suicide, yeah. It was about somebody jumping in front of a train. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, that, weird, weird, people dancing? Oh, mate, I know. They do write weird things. I mean, they did write <laughs> a song about the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, so that was that. And then yesterday's hero came along. That was just... You know, that was just wonderful. It all happened at once, you know. I'd known Molly since opening night of Superstar, so I'd known him for nearly three years. And uh, he was telling me about Countdown. I had the record out, and Colour TV was about to start. So everything happened at once, and, uh, and it was, a, it was a, a gorgeous time. It was a pretty memorable first appearance on Countdown. Uh, third, wasn't it? Yes, it certainly was. Uh, <laughs> he, he denies it to this day, but I know he G'd them up. I know he did. I was the only one within 100 kilometres of uh, Rip and Lee that didn't know what was going to happen. They just took set upon me and dragged me down off the off the rostrum, and I, I was on the floor, <laughs> and I was singing it live, and uh, and I look at the mic. And the cord's gone. It's ripped out. No. And uh, the floor manager comes up to me and, and, and says, are you all right? And I said, yeah, but i got no mic. He said, doesn't matter. Get back up there. Get back up there. <laughs> and he just threw me back up. And then the thing finished. And I looked down. I've got two cups. <laughs> two cups. <laughs> Nothing else. No shirt. <laughs> just two cups. And I said, oh, you know, and my wife, she was very upset because we paid all of $40 for that shirt at the Paddington Markets a few days before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember watching it at home going, wow, I don't look at this. Thank you. <laughs> it certainly tattooed on my brain. Um, of course, the song went on to be a huge hit. Yeah. And, of course, you hosted out there many times and you actually called him Molly. You made the Molly. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, Stan Rose gave him the name years before, but oh. uh, we were warned. We were warned never to call him Molly on camera. Oh. And uh, yeah, yeah, because, you know, people would start wondering 
this transgender sort of thing was never, uh, you know, even back in, back there in 1975, you know, it was still poo-pooed. And that was what I, I actually named this segment as, it used to be called The Rock Report. Yeah, right. I named it Humdrum that day. I, <laughs> I, um, I, I said, well, you know, I said, well, here he is. Boring old Molly with boring old humdrum. <laughs> and they loved it. They just, so it became humdrum. <laughs> and they, they, they loved the humdrum so much they didn't care about the Molly bit. <laughs> hey, John, you, you, you kind of, you, uh, that, uh, that film, film clip or appearance on Countdown then sort of became how, how all your live gigs and appearances and everything sort of turned into, didn't it? It became like this, there was a, there was a real thing about people wanting to rip your clothes off you. Yeah, but it was a thing back then. It really was a thing. People used to do that all the time, you know. It, it was, uh, uh, the, the kids were quite, you know, they were quite mad. You know, long before Pasadena even, when I was in Elm Tree, we did a, a gig at, because we used to play high schools, you know. There was no alcohol gigs back in those days. You'd play school halls. And we did the school hall thing. And I actually got dragged off the stage that night. Oh, wow. And I cut my, <laughs> this is a funny story. I cut my arm, and it wasn't deep or anything, you know, it was just a little graze. And we happened to be going to Western New South Wales the next day. And, uh, you know, staying in a caravan, and, you know, you've got there and, and, and there's no, no bed sheets, no blankets, no nothing, you know. And it gets down to two degrees at night, you know. And we said, where's the blanket? And the guy said, I didn't know tell you you had to bring your own. Uh, <laughs> that sort of deal. So anyway, we, I think it was Dubbo or something like that. We drive through Dubbo, and I said to one of the dudes, I said, I think I might get a Band-Aid. So we pull over to the chemist shop, and we had two lead singers, right, me and Andy. And so we pull over, and we go into the chemist shop. Andy was Andy was kind of like you, Brian. No filter. <laughs> and so, so Andy, Andy says to this cute little girl in the white outfit behind the chemist shop, he says, you got any wet checks? <laughs> I don't know if you remember, they were proper lactic back in the day. Yes. Well, she didn't bat an eye. She just said, three or five. And he said, three. And then he said, you go to the dance tonight? And she said, yeah, I think so. She said, better make it five. <laughs> <laughs> Upon that, I collapsed on the floor. I crawled out holding my sides. I was laughing that hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a beauty. Could you tell us about the 100th show on Countdown? Oh, yeah. When the tired and emotional Molly. He, I mean, honestly, he was flying that much in those days. He was, he was, you know, zipping over to Europe, over to America, back again, back, bang, 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 bang. And I, he, was, he was not in good nick when he got back. I think he got back that morning when he started doing the show and, and he just started losing it. He really didn't know which way was up. And so they took him off. They took him off air and, uh, and just pointed to us and said, you're going to have to do it, you know. So I think it was Daryl and me carried the show through to the end. And then we went to the Elstonwick Hotel where everybody was. Yep. And Molly was there. Uh, now, during the, the madness, I think Molly took a swing at um, the director of the show. He took a swing at him. He took a swing at Daryl. Uh, but whatever. There was, a, yeah, there was all this sort of macho nonsense going on. And I'm standing at the bar and I feel these eyes burning a hole in the back of my head. You know, you get that feeling, you know. And I, yeah, said, yeah. I turned around and there he is. And he's really glaring at me. And he has this, you know, angry, angry look on his face. And so <laughs> I said to him, oh, so you're going to hit me now, are you? He just trembled a bit and turned away. And that was okay. So that was, 
you know, and I was there with my manager and we decided, well, it's time to go. So we get out and we're in the uh, the car park right next to the, the drive-in bottle and we're sitting there rolling something yep. and uh, all of a sudden the door from the bar swings open violently and out comes Robbie Weeks, one of the other directors, followed quickly by Molly who jumps on his back <laughs> and starts bitch slapping <laughs> across the face. What they didn't know was that there was a divvy band party and there's two cops in the divvy band and they're watching the whole thing and they get out and they have they pull Elton Meldrum aside and they have a good long chat to him and then they're going to let him go. And I'm I'm in the car and I thought, oh, no, 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 this can't happen. So I got out and I said to the cops, I said, hey, what are you doing? I said, you can't let him go. He's been an absolute pain in the ass all day. He's just causing trouble. Take him. <laughs> and so they did. I put him in the back. They didn't even show that in the Molly uh, show that they did. I don't know why they did. But yeah. they did. They did cut to him being in jail, but they didn't explain how he got there. Yeah. <laughs> You've had quite a lot of success overseas in South Africa and Germany and Belgium. Yeah. And did you tour overseas at all? I was offered the um, the career that everybody dreams of. I suppose you know I was offered the big time uh, when Lovers in the Air was a hit in America. And um, but when <laughs> you know when he when the guys at the American Record Company sat me down and said um, we want to turn you into the next David Cassidy. Oh God! Yeah, and I said to myself, No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and, and I knew that was the direction. I was 28. I figured I'd run my race as far as the um, the teeny bobber market went, and uh, I really didn't want to because the first thing they were going to do was turn me into a 24 year old my age and uh, and market me as a you know like I said the next David Cassidy. I, I could just see my life uh, losing control. I could see me. No, I didn't want to live in America. That's that's what they wanted. So I, I came back here and I grew a beard and sent them a photo and they got the message. <laughs> Do you regret that at all? No. Yeah. Good. Not a bit. Not a bit. Not a bit. I don't regret anything that's happened to me. I really don't. Um, I was watching Jack Thompson the other night. He said, you've got to love this life. He said, this life is what you've got. Don't question it. Don't wish for anything better or, you know, it's, this is it. Yep. This is your life. And I just thought that was just marvellous. I've hit the dizzy heights of lots of, lots of money. I've lost lots of money. Um, I've moved out of Sydney back in 1987. The house that I used to live in is now worth $7 million. Wow. I don't care. Yeah, I really don't care because I live where I live now and I love it, you know. I, I just love it. I, I couldn't get a better life than, than the one I've got, you know. And I wouldn't even, I wouldn't be able to scratch the surface with that life if I was still in Sydney. So, you know, I'm just fortunate. I, I'm, I'm very, very lucky, you know, and I, and I, and I, don't, uh, I don't regret anything that's happened to me. Yeah. No amount of money yeah, and success yeah. and all that stuff makes up for being happy. It, it, it just doesn't wash. That's right. And, and, you know, and that's why I say about this country, you know, you can do, you can do things in this country you can't do anywhere else. No, it, if, if it was all to turn to crap tomorrow for me here, I know I can go somewhere else. That's one thing that I don't think a lot of, a lot of young people these days don't quite realise that, you know, and especially, you know, the silver lining from COVID is that, you can do a lot of things no matter where you are. Yeah, true. You know, yeah. so it's a wonderful place that we live in, you know, and uh, should never forget it. Well, even back in your heyday, you were just as happy to go fishing as to, you know, get a gold record, weren't you? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, the gold records and all that and the awards, you know, they're marvellous. They're, they're lovely things, but they're not things that, that govern your life in any way. They are just things. I like being able to, you know, you know, to have the freedom to be able to do things like that, you know. Like you, you've done it yourself, Brian. Mm. You know, you've been out there on the bay with Sam Newman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, the did, you, did you wear a mask? Oh, I didn't have to at that point. I would have. <laughs> Clearly, you saw who was on the boat, youngie. Oh, yeah. I knew who was on the boat. I wouldn't want to go any further. <laughs> exactly. So, you sound a fair bit of theatre, and you're, you're a very good actor. Oh, thank you. I, I was nominated for a Helpman Award once, oh. which is which is really nice. You know, I, that means a lot to me. That really does mean a lot to me. To be, um, I did a, a version of one of the Johnny O'Keefe shows, Shout. And I played, I played 13 parts, and they were all very short parts and very short cameos and things, you know. And as a mate of mine said, Jesus Christ, he said, I thought you were going to come walking down the, walking down the aisle selling ice cream. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, the acting thing has been, has been marvellous. I've, I've, I've loved it. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a, a great actor by any means, you know, but just given the chance to, to do things like that, it's a great life, you know. It's, uh, it's not a, it's not an incredibly well-paying thing as far as uh, entertainment goes, but it's regular and it's satisfying and it's uh, it's governed. You know, it's um, it's totally different from what we do, Brian. You know, yeah. because everything is totally regimented. You know, you've got a yes sir, no sir, three bags full to the you know the stage manager rules everything. Uh, you know, you, you've got to, You've got to be on your best behaviour when you can. Yeah, but you can also cheat like hell when nobody's looking. You know? <laughs> hey, John, what about what about TV and uh, and film acting? Did that ever ever interest you, or something that you wanted to do that you didn't do, or where's that sit? Oh uh, no, you know, I, I really am the kind of bloke that just sits around. You know, and if something comes my way, I'll have a go at it. But I'm not going to go out there looking for it. No, I I've, I've actually um, I've just um, been with a voiceover coach. So that interests me, and I, and I might just put myself out there as, as doing a few voiceovers. And I've just started a business called the Dingle Joint. I've got a couple out there, a couple of local ones. Oh, good on and, uh, and I'm about to do a national one for the men's shed, which is going to come out in about six weeks' time. So uh, I'm really happy about that. You know, I've, 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 found, I've found the right people, and I've got my studio in the backyard, and I've just thrown a bit of money at that and bring it back up to the specs. You know, because my son's pretty good at all that kind of gear. So, you know, I've got a, I've got a good team together of uh, some of my son's mates, and I've got still got Pig Morgan there uh, yeah. on the keyboard. So, you know, we've got a good team, and uh, and I think we'll I think we'll do well. Oh, it's great. So, when you do the Vander and Young songbook, is that like everybody's songs, like not just yours? No, no, no. It's it's all it's all George and Harry. It's all things from George and Harry. So we basically we start off with the. Um, with the two big hits that they had with Flash in the Pan, you know, Down Among the Dead Men and Hay St. Peter. Yep. Um, we start there and then we go back to the Easy Beat. Right. Um, and then we do uh, a few more of my things. The lovely thing is when you're doing a band or a young songbook, that involves every hit I had. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Plus some of the hits they had, you know, so it's, it's great. And we, you know, and I get to do, I get to do Evie, all three parts of Evie, which is a, an absolute delight singing that. You know, what about Cheetah's song? What was that song with there? That's a beauty. Oh, um, spend the night. Spend the night together. Yeah, well, you know, I don't try and 
turn myself into a, a girl singer. Even though we, do, even though we do the Grace Jones hit that she found on the B side of uh, of Hey St. Peter, which was Walking in the Rain. Yeah, and uh, and that became a big hit in Europe. So we we do that as well. I just did a cover of Britney Spears song not long ago. So you know, I don't, I don't really. Know, I, yeah, no, really. Hit me, baby, one more time. Okay, how'd it, how'd it go? It goes great. It, it, that song was just dying to be a rock song. Yeah, it comes out really good. Yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, I'm not fucked about whether a girl sang a song or a guy sang it. It's just a good song. I just sing it. <laughs> you know. So what's 2021 look like? Do you know? <laughs> we had plans. Yeah. Um, it, was, it, was going to be, it was going to be my 50 years in the biz. Ah. Uh, oh, wow. So we're going to run on that for a while. But we just don't know. Yeah, right. You know, it's 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 not a bad question. You know, how how long is it going to take before people my age uh, feel comfortable about going out and sitting next to each other who are coughing and sneezing? You know, that's basically what it comes down to, doesn't it? You know, it's got nothing to do with whether COVID is still active or not. It's just a a psychological thing that's just going to have to happen. And how long that takes, I don't know. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. Nobody does. Hey, when you were yeah. when, when you were yeah. knocking around with the elm tree back there in you know fifty years ago, did did you in, in what 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 sort of flashed in your head that you might be doing that, or that you might have been able to achieve? Did any of the stuff that you've achieved ever flash into your head? No, yeah. no, not at all. No, I I, I will tell you that what happened was as when I was a sheet metal worker and we were working on a Saturday and it was like thirty two degrees outside, a stinking hot day, sweat was pouring off us, and I was working next to this dude. Old Dougie. You know, at that time, I was working with the band on weekends and stuff. Uh, this is incredibly hot, Dougie. You know, this is ridiculous. And Dougie looked at me and said, never mind, Johnny, the first 40 years are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and when he said that, I thought, I better pay more attention to this singing stuff. <laughs> and thank God you that did. Was the, that was the point, you know. And, and for me, ever since then, it's always been about earning a living out of music, you know, and I really didn't care about the fame side, you know, give me the fortune. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> hey, uh, John, great to catch up, mate. Thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And we know we've got you out of cleaning the boat, so you love us anyway. Yes, I do. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right, they got plenty of liquid refreshment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just in time to open the beers. That's right. Oh, don't worry. They've been opening up for hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. John Paul Young, still fishing, still got a, a, a laugh in his voice, and hopefully with his 50-year anniversary, uh, still with plenty to offer the uh, Australian music industry. I think he has. He's a great little performer, Johnny. He's terrific. Um, I saw him when we did the uh, – I saw his whole show when we did the uh, the rock cruise boat thing, and um, his, right. his show was terrific. He's really – he's a great entertainer, really funny, great songs. You know, you forget how many great songs he's made famous. And, oh, uh, absolutely. So, you know, well done, Squeak. Good on you, mate. Yep. Thank you for being uh, on our podcast. It was a great pleasure to catch up with him in between fishing engagements because that's about yes. all you can do these days. Now, Brian, new music. Yes. We've talked about new music. Yes. We've talked about discovering new acts and we, we found have. one. We've got one. We've got a beauty. Yes, we have. She's and, from Mornington. Uh, 
Yes, and her dad got in touch with us uh, on the Facebook page, which is how you do all this stuff, the Life of Brian Facebook page. Just yep. check it out and you can you can send us messages and we, we do answer them back. We use foul language and, you know, uh, yeah. threatening terms, but we do answer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if not, we'll get the bloke from Sportsbet to come around to your house. And yell at you from the front door. <laughs> exactly. If you don't uh, come out of the house, <laughs> we'll give you your money back. <laughs> yeah, we guarantee you get your money back. Uh, anything you paid for this podcast, you'll get back at some stage. Now, <laughs> Only but only if Buddy Franklin wins a gold Logie, <laughs> Dawn Fraser wins another gold medal, and Dan Andrews doesn't have a becomes a good bloke. Yes. <laughs> now we've uh, we've discovered this lady uh, and, and been uh, introduced to, uh, and her name is Tilly. Tilly Bathgate, but she's just going by Tilly. Is yep. She? Yep. Now you've had a listen to this song we're about to play. It's I have. Foreign. Yeah. What's and your thoughts? I thought um, it's it's cool. Um, you know, there's sort of like, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, this is a bit, but, you know, like there's girl singers that mm-hmm. are sort of, you know, like just sofa sing and do all that stuff. Uh, Delta Goodwin sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's cool singers like Dido and this is cool, I reckon. Yeah, okay, I agree. I agree. It's, it's produced by Bailey Sampson in Doncaster East. Good on you, Bailey. Good on you, Samo. You're a, a champ. Done a good song, so let's have a listen to it. Here it is. It's uh, the artist name, as we mentioned, Tilly. It's on Spotify, so you can have a, uh, a listen to it again if you want to. But uh, here is Foreign by Tilly on the Life of Brian podcast. Do yourself a favour. Conversation, pointless conversation. Don't think it will save us. Boy, bring out my flowers. Cause you know that they're my favorite. I love you, don't feel the same way. Just another Valentine's Day. You did everything right at the wrong time. And now it just feels forced. you've ever asked before staring in the distance are you uncomfortable stop trying to hide within your mind boy you know what your heart wants to do look into my eyes and tell me that you feel it too you did everything right
song indeed as we mentioned is available on spotify well done tilly good work very good work tilly and um you know i'm sure we can expect big things from tilly all right <laughs> uh now if you do have a song that uh, you think uh, fits the bill uh, to be played here on the life of brian podcast and you well, like tilly uh, you know not a household name by it's a all cool means, name isn't it yeah, tilly it's, i like it's it a cool name uh, yeah. by all means uh, send us uh, send us your details uh, on the facebook page as i mentioned uh, we've also got uh, uh, the twitter uh, account as well so get in touch with us it's very easy to do and we'd love to hear your song and uh, i did promise that i was going to play uh, a new song by an act that you had a connection to uh, from your younger days of singing uh, an old Elvis Presley song at a, at a school concert. Uh, that will be coming in the next episode because the uh, the EP by this young man is not actually out until the middle of, uh, of October. So we'll put it in the next episode of Life of Brian. I'm as confused as all mud. But anyway, I'm sure you know what you're talking about there. Uh, What? It's an old connection from my primary school of the guy who's got an EP out, but it won't be out till next month. Yeah. And it's... I don't know. Well, I'm long, I can't wait to hear it. Well, you've just yeah, explained it perfectly. I, I don't know what I'm saying. It's just <laughs> confusing as anything. But anyway, uh, I'm sure I'll find out next week. Now, continuing our fortnight. series of women you look up to, here's a, yes. we're about to introduce a, a lovely lady. Heard a little bit of her earlier talking about Wanda Jackson uh, in the intro of the show. Tell us about Eve. Eve is just fun to hang around with. Um, she's really, really smart. Um, she's really pretty. Um, I do, she, I swing it, sing in a swing band with her from time to time and I love doing duets with her. We do Relax a Vu very well and we do oh. that Elvis song, uh, The Lady Loves Me Very Well. Um, and look, I think she's really interesting. She's a great actress and I think, but most of all, she's just fun to be around. I just think she's a, just, you always makes me smile, this girl. She's fantastic. All right, cheeky chops. Just hold your hold. <laughs> cool your chats there. That's what uh, that's what he calls him. As I found out, uh, genius. Let's uh, let's get to it now. Now, come on, Brian. Get your act together. Talk to talk to yeah. Eve. What what what? What's Hello, the, what's... Eve. How are you, darling? I'm very very good, Brian. How are you? I'm very well. You're my favourite Shantuzzi, but don't tell the other oh, two. Kevin, um, let I... me tell you. As long as I've known Brian, mm. he has always said. To each and every one of us in the Shantuzis, you're my favourite. And then don't tell the other one. <laughs> yep. And so there we were for about probably a good, you know, maybe day, because we all sucked it out, <laughs> that we were thinking, oh, we're Brian's favourite, isn't he lovely? I'm like, no, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Playing us all. Oh, my God. Kev, where do you reckon oh. we should start? Oh, I reckon or we should he's... start with the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Yeah, that's a oh, good right Oh, start. my God. I just had this um, memory flashback. Someone posted a picture. Oh, I think it was Stephen Cummings posted a picture of the love boat and the crew from the love boat. Remember that TV show? Yeah. Yeah. And so there's, there's a point to this story because I went to my first day at RADA in London acting school and who was I doing my first scene up against? Isaac 
from the love boat. Oh, wow. Isaac the barman. I mean, the only role he ever played was a fellow, i got to tell you. But he was so good. Really? Yeah, he was great. He was really, really fun. And he, he was just a fantastic actor and kind of and a, and a really funny guy. And he knows how to make a mean cocktail. So how long were you at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art for? Oh, it was about a three-month course. I just left school and I got in and it was a three-month course. And then I, um, I thought, oh, gee, what does an out-of-work actor need to do? I'll, I'll learn how to cook. So I checked myself into this cooking school which I didn't realise you could board there as well. I didn't realise it was actually, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing, it was a finishing school. Oh. They taught people how to get in and out of sports cars and Rolls Royces, and I'm thinking, oh, this is really helpful. Um, and <laughs> what did they learn? I mean, I couldn't believe the things that they were teaching women to do, and I just thought, no, I'm not cut out for this. So I came home and I joined the Victorian State Opera. And Victorian I, State Opera? Yes, the Victorian State Opera. Um, and I what? sang with them. I know. I sang because uh, I started singing at school. So I sang mezzo soprano with them. I only did one opera because of bad circulation. You weren't fat enough. I was, don't say that. There was. Um, <laughs> I was on stage and I had to kneel for about a good ten minutes. Got up to get off to walk off stage. Couldn't feel my legs because I've got such bad circulation. Oh. I just so like two men had to come on and lift me up. As I was singing off stage, <laughs> like literally carry me off the stage. So what, yes, was the noise, um, what was the noise you were making as they carried you off again? Fantastic. So due to poor um, circulation, the opera career is yes, over. Exactly. Well, then next I meet um, Tony Goldsmith, Angelica Labazetta, Ali Fowler, and uh, we start a band. Um, the, and the it was called The Shantuzies. We were like the, what show could I compare us to? Like Friends or I don't know. Yeah, we all say Friends. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was uh, anyway, so, Navy, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we were the freaking love boat. What am I talking about? <laughs> the love boat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we, we started doing, because Pot and Brett's dad owned the underground, so we started um, doing gigs there. Brian Goldsmith, he said, well, you you play here for six weeks only exclusively to me and I guarantee you everyone else will want you to play. So we did it and, of course, they did. Yeah. And one of those nights, there was an Englishman in the audience called David Courtney, wasn't he? And David Courtney was a producer who worked with Leo Sayer and he wrote all of Leo Sayer's songs with him. He did too. So he said, I'll tell you what, I've got a song I reckon it would be great for you guys to do. We'll record it and, um, you know, it will go number one for sure. <laughs> so we recorded it and um, we got, you know, Brad Robinson, bless his soul, um, ex-Australian crawl, dearly departed, and we love and miss Brad terribly. Um, he was the one who kind of got Mushroom Records involved and got us a film clip. He came on board and went, oh, yeah, I want a piece of that. So he <laughs> said... <laughs> and so we did two songs before we started writing our original and so Wanna Be Up was the first song I wrote. And then, um, and Ali did a fine, fantastic job on singing the, the bejesus out of that one. Yeah. And, um, and then away we went. I Wanna Be Up was a, is a great song and one that I Thank always reckon that they should use as an ad for Viagra. <laughs> wanna be up, don't wanna be down. Great song yes. for Viagra. 
And then we did the Billy Joel tour, which was like fantastic. It was so exciting. You would have blown Billy Joel off the stage, wouldn't you? What, a, what an incredible man. I had no um, Billy Joel albums. I didn't know really. I didn't think I knew any of his songs. So I was like, oh, Billy Joel, I don't know. I was part of stage every night singing along to every song. I don't know how I knew all the words, but I did. Wow. And he was fantastic. But the drummer, the drummer from the Billy Joel band. Liberty DeVito. Liberty DeVito. He is so cool. And he's a very, he, very funny guy. I'll tell you a very quick of, story. Is he Danny DeVito's brother? No. Oh, I don't know. I don't think <laughs> okay. so. No, oh, I don't think so. Oh, just, just wanted to keep um, it He... He told us this great story about, I said, oh, so how long have you been playing? I guess you, you play everywhere in America with Billy. He goes, yeah, everywhere but Texas. I went, how come not Texas? He goes, well, I'm banned from the state of Texas. I said, how is it that you're banned from the state of Texas? He said, well, one night I was out, you know, we had a few drinks, and I came back to the hotel, and I went up to reception, and I asked them, I can't find my room. Where's my room? And I said, why because of that? Well, you... You know, Ben, and he goes, because I was in my car at the time. <laughs> he drove his car into the reception of the hotel. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. Ben from the state of Texas. Brian told me that you, uh, that you have a Tony Blair story. Is that right? I do. I left Australia to, I'd been married, divorced, went to um, London to sort of, you know, start a new life. I got off the plane. And I was in the car with my sister who lived there at the time. And in the bus in front of me was a sign saying, a life unexplored is not worth living. And that's, what, that's, what I'm, that's, that's me. That's, I'm going to explore everything, do everything. That's sort of a motto I live by now. And um, so it happened that my sister was working in Millbank Tower, which is where the Labor Party are based. And she said, oh, God, Lord Simon's daughter, Fiona Simon, she's had a nervous breakdown. And... Um, She's running all the conferences for the Labor Party and now she can't because she's had a breakdown and we need someone straight away. And I said, well, I, I can do that. I'll, what do I have to do? But I'll just, you know, greet and meet people and be fabulous. I went, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> so I went in there and they said, um, all right, can you type 70 words a minute? I said, no, but I can talk 70 words a minute. <laughs> so they, um, they gave me the job and I worked on two um, conferences with Tony Blair, uh, The Green Future of Britain and The Financial Restructuring of Sarajevo. And I just thought, see, this is me. A life unexplored is not worth it. I'm exploring all avenues, everything. You've got to be just in it to win it. Wow. Get out there and... And um, so we worked on the Green Future of Britain and I was greeting and meeting all the delegates and they started arriving and I thought, this is a joke. Someone's doing a joke on me because as I was handing out their name thanks to them, they were the most hilarious names I've ever heard. The Honourable Mr. Good Enough, <laughs> Miss, Mr. Secret with a double T and Mr. Tidy with a double E, the Baroness of Old Scone and my personal favourite, Sir Crispin Tickle. Goodness wow. me. Wow, that is wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about the Earl of, is it Winchester? No, <laughs> the frisky Earl of Warwick. The Earl, <laughs> of, Warwick. <laughs> the Earl of Warwick. I met at a dinner party and he said, oh, you're probably one of those cat-owning, bohemian, guardian-reading lefties. He invited me to his, you know, the Earl of Warwick sort of estate. We had a bunch of dogs that he would go hunting with. And one of them was a little Jack Russell called Vomit. And nice, the Jack, 
that Jack Russell wasn't very well, and he said, oh, go release the hounds and, and mind out for vomit. He'll come out at the end. He's, 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 uh, he's, he's not well. <laughs> so I sort of released the hounds from um, the, uh, the stables and out trot, vomit. And I sort of did a little, oh, hey, stop it, <laughs> like this. And the dog got so excited, ran up to me, and then just kind of like keeled over. And I went, oh, my God, I just can't vomit the dog. <laughs> so I'm there before the Earl comes around the corner. I'm giving vomit CPR and <laughs> on his back and trying to sort of, you know, massage his heart and like, Jesus. Um, anyway, so vomit made a re- – he came back. The Earl of Warwick came around the corner. He said, oh, vomit, boy. And, um, and vomit <laughs> ran towards him and then, again, you know, cast it. And I said, oh, no, what's happened? Oh, that's terrible. Um, I had no idea. But anyway, so poor old vomit, he went to heaven. Oh, heaven. <laughs> but, um, Not a happy ending that I was expecting there, right? No, no, I'm sorry. Oh, well, I didn't. Well, because people said, oh, my God, you killed the elves. I'm like, no, I didn't. I mean, it was he was sort of on his way out. No. It wasn't really... <laughs> You know. No, no, no. You killed him. No, you killed him, Eve. Stick with the you killed him story. Oh, uh, yeah. I killed that dog. Stabbed <laughs> <laughs> oh. with a knife. <laughs> well, but I gave him doggy CPR and he came back. <laughs> hey, hey. I'd love to see what doggy CPR looks like. <laughs> well, you move it. They're on their back and you move uh. their little legs up and down and you mess up their heart. That's you your know. story and you're sticking to it. <laughs> That's right, Maybe. <laughs> oh. oh, goodness me. I want to ask you about your film clip that you made for Baby It's You. It's quite a cast you have in that. Oh, yeah, quite a cast. Well, we had to audition and, um, <laughs> oh, no. Right, I'm sure. We're very good friends with the wives of all of those gentlemen. So that was oh, okay. Hugh Jackman, Eric Banner and Anthony LaPaglia. We know their wives. We said, hey... We're doing this comeback sort of song and we'd like to get the boys in it. What do you reckon? And they all just went, it's done. Because, you know, as we all know, women rule. Correct. So, um, exactly. so the, uh, we had Hugh Jackman on air guitar and uh, <laughs> Eric Eric came over and played drums and um, Anthony was on the keys. So, yeah, you how lucky have, were we? Yeah. You must have been pretty disappointed when you thought you were getting an X-Man and Hugh Jackman rolled up instead of me. Well, that's right. But then, you know, uh, no, I have nothing to say about that. We were very disappointed that um, that you weren't in the clip, and it's a mistake. We may we'll rectify one day. Okay. Can Photoshop um, it at some stage? I would have thought, Eve. You're working at a film company at some point in this in this. Yes, journey. I did. I did, Brian. Oh, haven't you done your homework? So I came when I came back from London. I started working with Richard Lowenstein who did all the a lot of the U2 film clips and um, and in excess film clips and he was very good friends with Michael Hutchins and so um, I started working with them and then I had a stroke what? and I lost my eyesight and my movement on my right side but that all came back in three months so I was very very lucky wow because vomit did CPR on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my sorry, god, I'm sorry. never gonna live it down. Um so I was very lucky to come back from that and um came back with an eye patch, so I've got all the pirate jokes, hilarious. <laughs> and then I was working also in that company with a guy called Clayton Jacobson, who was the director of a movie called Kenny, which I was lucky enough to also be in. 
um, they uh, approached me. Out, he he said, oh, you know, we, we want someone to play the love interest. And I went, oh, that's great. Who are you going to get? And he said, well, we're thinking it should be you. And I was like, oh, no, 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 because I really like being a facilitator and making things happen. I'm not so good at being up front. And uh, he said, no, 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 it can't be anyone but you. And I went, okay. So I'm so glad I said yes because it was the most fun thing I've ever done. Oh, one of the most fun things I've ever done. Um, and um, got to travel, went to Nashville. We we filmed it over three years on the weekends and weeknights and stuff. And it was fantastic. It was so, so much fun. And uh, then that segues into doing the countdown tour where I really got to know you, Brian Mannix. Naughty Boy well, number one. Well, Kenny's probably one of Australia's best films. And I saw it. The day before we started the uh, the countdown tour, and I lob up to the airport, yeah, right. and the first person I bump into is the star of Kenny. I go, wow, how good is this? <laughs> I've still got you. I've made a, a backstage film, and there's one of my favourite scenes in there where you're sitting there with a couple of drinks, and you just said, oh, 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 match conditions. I've got to get to match conditions. Oh my god, it's really Brian Mannix. <laughs> the Brian Mannix. I mean, you are a bit legendary in your own, you know. In your Brian. own town. We love you, Brian. Oh, I love you too, Eve. <laughs> Good on you, Eve. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you're That's a superstar. That's my pleasure. Darling. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. What an interesting life Eve's had in terms of uh, the, the places she's been and the people she's met. She's had almost as much drama as Molly Meldrum. That's um, And that's saying a lot. That is saying a lot. That is saying an awful lot. Thanks, Eve, for being on our, uh, on our podcast. Really appreciate uh, your time. Now, that's about it, Brian. Well, I'm exhausted. Yeah, Should be right. about it. Me Whew. too. Uh, <laughs> don't forget, check out uh, Tilly's song on uh, on Spotify and there are other songs there that you can have a listen to as well. Uh, thanks to John Paul Young. Uh, thanks also to uh, Yvonne Bibra. And, of course, our thanks to our very good mates at Murcotts. Remember, they have this special offer coming up for Christmas. That uh, to Keep your ears out for it. You'll hear a bit about it. We'll tell you about it here on the podcast. But, uh, you know, before you go and uh, start uh, doing heavy planning for your Christmas shopping, let me tell you, they have something that I'm sure you'll be very interested in. One three hundred triple five five seven six is the number. Murcots.edu.au. Now, Brian. Yes. That'd be you. Um, yep. The next episode of Life of Brian Mannix, that is. Yes. Couple of oh. really, really interesting Australian musicians stroke artists. Yes, these guys are fantastic. Um, and they've got a band called Dog Trumpet. Yes. And they've got so they make some really, really cool music. I think yeah, they're they do. Um, it's really great. Um, so it's Reg Mombasa and uh, Peter Doherty. And, well, they're, and they're brothers, even though they have uh, different names, of course. Uh, they, yeah. um, they, they are brothers. Better uh, known they, for mental as anything. Yes. So we'll talk about the mentals. We'll talk about uh, all sorts of things and dog trumpet and uh, and also about their art, obviously, because uh, uh, Reg, is, uh, Reg and Pete both are, um, are hanging in uh, art galleries all around Australia and the world. So all that will be coming up on the next edition of the Life of Brian dot, 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 Mannix, that is podcast. Well, I can't wait for that and... Uh Dot, 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 it'll be great. <laughs> That's just to make up for the swear words that I would normally use in between the words Brian and Mannix. Right, fair enough. So you my can, my you middle can, initial is F anyway. Yeah, you can dot, dot, dot off into the distance, Mannix. Right, <laughs> oh, fine. That's what I'll do. <laughs> uh, once again, thanks to Murcotts, one three hundred triple five five seven six. Thank you, Brian. Talk to Thank you, you next Kev. Time. All right, cheers, mate.